Hello, and welcome to another edition of Friday's Favorite Movies. If you've never been to a Friday's Favorite Movie, this is how it goes. Each one of us takes our turn picking one of our favorite movies of all time, and then we talk about it. It's pretty simple. So today, we are doing one of Maddie's favorites, and uh, this one is something that I hadn't seen in a really long time so we went back and revisited but maddie why don't you tell us what that movie is take a little trip with me to england because we're going to a little place called gosford park oh one of my favorites you know for how progressive you are maddie Uh you like a lot of white shit i know well you know i'm (laughs) white british i'm part english and i really think that like it's it's i mean it's literally in my blood Mm -hmm. so um you know my, my mom is half english um and something about england man just it it yanks me in the right way, and I love it. Sure. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Gosford Park and oh, some of the notable cast? Oh, boy, would I love to. Um, here's a great synopsis that I didn't write. When Sir William McCordell is found, sitting at his desk with a knife in his chest, few people grieve. He and his wife Sylvia are hosting a weekend shooting party, and there are a variety of guests, including Sylvia's sister and her husband, Lord and Lady Stockbridge, film star Ivor Novello, and a Hollywood producer, uh, an aunt who is dependent on McCordell for her allowance, and a variety of business associates all wanting something or other from the man. Downstairs at Gosford Park, there is a beehive of activity. But if truth be told, uh, the factory, a a few among the servants will miss McCordell. Some of the women used to work for him in his factories, and he was known to take advantage of his female employees. When the police announced that the victim died of poisoning and was only stabbed after he was dead, there was yet another mystery to solve. Beneath the surface, everyone in the house has secrets. But which would be a motive for murder? Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I, I had a little... Um, Hiccup? I was reading literally... <laughs> like, if you could see me now, my face is turned sideways and my eyes are like looking all the way in the corner. So I lost my place on the screen. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Podcasting is a um, hard thing. Yeah, it is. Um, and so there are... The, 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 um, the cast in this movie is kind of fucking incredible yeah so it's one of the it's one of the more standout things yeah of the movie. let's go ahead and talk about i'm, I'm just gonna list some people off here, yeah right? sure go ahead so maggie smith is in this movie michael gambone Kristen scott thomas uh camilla rutherford uh charles dance geraldine somerville tom hollander is in this uh jeremy northam bob balaban uh god who else is in here ryan Philippe, uh clive owen for god's sake helen mirren um who else Stephen fry who is just like one of the best people in the entire world uh derek jacoby is in this richard grant sophie thompson uh adrian scarborough uh anyone else that's really of note on here am i missing anybody at all i don't think so that's it yeah that's the one interesting thing that i saw that i was like wow this much of, this must have had a very big budget because not only are we paying for top caliber talent but we're also staging it at this like old mansion without a doubt you know and the set pieces and everything it just there must have been a hefty financial obligation to get this movie done well you know it was directed by robert altman uh, was one of his final movies mm. and um i think robert altman was the sort of director who it's, it was just like if he says it then it shall be it's just gonna get yeah done. The, the money the money came along with yeah. it but then also i mean there were big people behind the idea of this movie mm. so 
it was yeah, it was it was Robert Altman and Bob Balaban that had the idea in the first place, and then Julian Fellows wrote it. And, and if, this isn't adapted from anything, right? It's not. It's its no. own thing. It is, okay. it is, it is its own okay. thing. Um, it seems like it is because I, I think. I think why it seems that way is because it combines so many elements of other yeah. similar films. It and feels puts like them all a, into it one. feels like it could be a play. Exactly yeah. right. I, I actually I think as a play it would, it would work. It would work wonders. Um, Julian uh, Julian Fellows wrote it. Um, if that name sounds familiar, that's because you probably watched Downton Abbey before, and Julian Fellows also wrote Downton Abbey. Oh, exactly. Okay. And so, um, you know, I, I think like Downton Abbey wouldn't exist unless he had done Gosford Park first. I think that's probably true. Um, and it's a it's a lot of fun. You know, it's um, it, this is listen. If you don't know me by now. You will never, ever, ever know me. But also, <laughs> if you don't know Maddie by now after listening to Friday the 13th, you know that I skew towards these sorts of movies. Sure. And documentaries and yada, yada, yada. I like long stuff that is generally slower burn um, and that keeps me engaged for a long time. Mm-hmm. And this is a long movie. It is. It ain't short. I think we're at about two hours and 18 minutes. Is that how long it was? Yeah. Ugh, two hours and 18 minutes of bliss. Oh, yes. Of English yes. bliss. So tell me, I've seen this in this movie tons of times. Yeah. Tell me what you liked about the movie. Yeah. Well, my history with Gosford Park is I think I saw it on the tail of it being nominated for like Academy Awards, I believe. Yes. Um, so I think that when I saw it being nominated and I kind of saw the premise, I was like, ooh, murder mystery. I can get into that. Uh, so that was kind of my history. I think I saw it when it came out on, I guess it would have been DVD at the time. Probably. Um, and um, what I like about it, I think that uh, all the characters are really well formed, um, apart from some of your tertiary characters that I think aren't really really given a lot of time right um but just given the constraints of the movie you just can't have everyone have a big part um i think the cinematography and the direction is beautiful um i think the costume design and all of that that stuff is really good um i think the only thing for me where this kind of suffers a little bit is that uh, i think there's too many characters and too many storylines and i feel like he probably got this done better when it was Downton Abbey just because he had time to fully evolve those stories over the course of many seasons right whereas this feels like wait a minute I, I, I what, what happened with the movie like what happened with this what happened with that there's a there's right. a lot of stories in here and it, it's a little hard to follow at some points um, because you're assumed a lot of the uh, back end of the information like you you just kind of assume that you know like what is going on but it doesn't to me, a lot of the characters do not get a full arc, and that's hard for me to wrap my head around. Fair enough. To, in, in being a movie, fair enough. Uh, it's acted spectacularly; yeah. like everyone does a great job. I'm, I, I don't think Ryan Phillippe is the strongest actor. No, he is not. Um, but <laughs> I, I, once he loses his accent in this, yeah. I'm kind of fine with it. Yeah. But at first, I was like. There's something here is not like the others. Exactly. Like, you know right, I mean? like yeah. there's this high caliber of, you know, Helen Mirren and Maggie Smith and then Ryan Phillippe. Yeah. So it's a little unbalanced. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I like a lot of aspects of it. Um, the overall movie to me, as you've known, I'm definitely not a longer movie oh, yeah, person. Yeah, for sure. So it, it, it wore out its welcome a little bit just because of yeah. how long it was. But um, the idea is there. And I think it worked really well when he did Downton Abbey. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that the um, uh, p- part of the beauty of the film in in the uh, in in the length of it is that there are some points that get made that are sort of just like very. Um, 
how do what's the word I'm looking for? They're sort of uh, subdued, mm-hmm. you know, and and you learn these little drops, these little nuggets as they just happen. Like one of my favorites is when um, Constance, who's played by uh, by Maggie Smith, she's the Countess of Trentham, um, and she is, you know, she's looking in the mirror, and her servant is behind her getting her clothes ready, mm-hmm. and she's sort of just like dabbing herself with like a powder puff, and she's about to go out shooting for the day, right? Um, or the women are going to go have lunch with them after they're done shooting. And she hates it. She hates doing it. Yeah. And she looks in the mirror and she says, why must one do these things? <laughs> and it's this beautiful, quick moment. It doesn't last very long. Um, but it's sort of the entire movie in one drop. Yeah. Why does one do these things? Yeah, because none of them seem to even like each other. Everyone hates each other. Yeah. Everyone hates what they're doing. Mm-hmm. No one enjoys it. Everyone is having a terrible time. Um, but yet they just keep going. And, and that's like the, the, the movie is without a doubt, like a little murder mystery kind of thing, which is cool. And I, I like watching that, that, yeah, that sure. sort of, uh, motif or whatever. But what the film is really about is it's about the, the end of the British empire mm-hmm. and it's 1932 world war one has happened. You know, it was a terrible scourge on, on the, uh, the young people of England. So many people died. Um, and it's just before the next war starts. Yeah. The empire is over. You know, England, as everyone knew it before, is just, it's no more. Every, everything is changing and no one knows how to catch up. Yeah. Or even like which way to turn. Upstairs isn't really upstairs anymore. And downstairs isn't really downstairs. No one knows really what's going on mm-hmm. as everyone just tries to grasp onto tradition. Yeah. To hang on to it, to make sense of their own lives. Um, and you see that unravel in people within Gosford Park. Yeah. I, th- I think that just for me, I wanted to know more about some of the other characters that um, just didn't quite... Like, the two... I think they're lords. The ones that show up late. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. just like, what... Apart from the scandal with him sleeping with the maid, yeah. I don't understand their purpose of being in the movie. That's a good question. You know what I mean? Like the and it's literally those two characters. I think they give a lot more to everybody else. Um I especially like the story angle of the um maid that kind of like speaks up and then she yeah. immediately is fired, but then she has like this liberation moment of like, Hey, we'll give you a ride to London if you want and she has that great moment where she takes the dog that everyone's been kicking and <laughs> throwing around right, the exactly. entire movie. Um so I I really like some of the storylines. I just I think this would have been better served as maybe a multi, I get it. a multi episode thing, just so we can get a little bit more out of it. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, it, it, the 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 those two guys get a little lost because what that's really about is about is about Isabel's future. Mm-hmm. Isabel is the daughter of Sylvia. Because I, I alluded and, to she, that she had a crush on the one. She had right? a cru- she had a crush on the one for sure, but we don't have enough time to really see that because they come in so late in the movie. But then also we discover that she's pregnant. So mm. you know, she's pregnant with um, what's his? I can't remember his name right now, but what's his face? his baby um the blonde yeah the 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 blonde guy that's absolutely awful to his wife he's such a piece of shit um and you know it's it's um i i I do wish they would have had time to play out more of her like sexual awakening Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen what's what is going to happen with her now now that that her father is dead and her mother is likely to sell the estate yeah and go live in london like well okay now what happens to you right um you know, maybe maybe Gosford Park Part Two one day will come out. Who knows? I'm going to pray for it personally. Yeah. I'll buy you um, tickets. There's some there. There are some moments I thought were this kind of stand out. Okay. Uh, I love the moment where the producer and his actor or whatever um, they they don't want to shoot guns, so they're kind of just like <laughs> sitting off to the side, yeah, and totally. the, the the pheasant comes like right down on top of them. Yes. There's a good comedic moment there. Yeah. Um, a lot of the 
dinner table scenes where everyone's having a moment to kind of like sit down and have a discussion and you're learning more about their lives. And at the same time, you're seeing kind of the servants angle of things where they're having their dinner downstairs. I think those moments are really good. Now, I'm not saying that they're not good moments in this movie. For me, it's just the overall thing that misses a little bit, but I still appreciate it. And I I realize that there are a lot of fans out there because obviously it was nominated for, you know, Academy Awards. And it it won quite a few awards. Um, In terms of awards, I just pulled up that damn list and now it's gone again. Um, It won uh, for the Oscars. It won Best Screenplay. I know that. Okay. And then for the Golden Globes, it won, let's see here, it won Best Director. Um, It was nominated for Best Motion Picture, both for the Oscars and for the Golden Globes. Uh, Best Performance for Helen Mirren and for Maggie Smith. Um, Also nominated for Best Screenplay for Julian Fellows for the Golden Globes. Hmm. Um, So, you know, it was was up for a lot. It it was a big budget film. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot of money to do period films like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to do it well. And to do it well. Um, And, you know, they, they even, like, make a point of of really pointing out how period the piece actually is. Like mm-hmm. when, the, when there's, when the servants are setting the table, um, you know, they're, they're, they're measuring it for you. They're showing precisely how it is. They're asking about why does this fork go here? Yeah. And they're, they're making the old traditions clear for us who don't follow these things anymore. Who don't, or not, who don't know it or remember. Right. It. Yeah. Sure. And, and giving us a sense of, you know, like this is how it was. And for a lot of people, it still is mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, and this is how they made sense of their lives. Yeah. You know, I mean, and the, imagine like, you know, do you think that you could be a servant like that? No. It would be pretty hard. And uh, Anyone trying to silence me would be hard for me to do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was a server for a long time. So there is an aspect of that, too. And I did work in fine dining. So right. there is an aspect where we did have the setup where everything had to be perfect. Yeah. And, you know, we did sh- like shine all the silverware every single day like so there's aspects of this movie i can definitely get behind and understand just from from that angle and you're working with high clientele that you can't really speak to you know what i mean you're you're there to serve them you're not there to talk to them did you ever have to um like be really uh like was anybody ever rude to you oh, of course. in that setting such that you couldn't say anything though you had to like basically act like them a lot a lot of times wow with money comes a air of I am invincible and Privilege. yeah and it's just that's how that's how it is that's so disappointing but I mean at the same time there are you know a ton of great people too so it's not saying that all all rich people are of awful course. you know people are just people um, but uh, some other things about this movie that I appreciated uh, especially was Maggie Smith I think Maggie Smith is at her Maggie Smithiest oh, here man, she's so good in this <laughs> yeah and I love her in this even more than I loved her in in um, in Downton Abbey because in this there's like a pithiness and like she's just a bitch well I kind of I just liked it that she although she treated her servant as a servant she also kind of had like a banter with her yeah, and kind of totally. like she was like, I know you know the rumors. Like, you know, tell me, like, what's going on downstairs? What and, if like, I told you yeah. they cut cards for him? Right, yeah. That's amazing. Um, the Some of the things that I was just, like, struck by was the, the way that the servants had to be everywhere but nowhere at the yeah. same time and how they had to ha- use their own staircases and they had to use their own... Air- it was just fascinating because... I've never been subject to that. You know what I mean? I never have had, I've never seen that before. Um, and I guess I didn't realize that like, 
you need to be there all the time, but you need to be out of I like out of the yeah. Uh, you, we shouldn't see you. You should be seen, but we don't want we don't want to see you. And just how looked down upon you were, right? You know, there's there's a great scene in in the film where um the once again the asshole husband I cannot think of his fucking name, but whatever. Um, he like catches Isabel and he like grabs her arm and they like sort of start to kiss maybe, mm-hmm. and then and then she sees that somebody is there and it's a servant. And the asshole husband says, oh, don't worry, he's nobody. Yeah. And and once again, it's one of those lines that just encapsulates maybe, like nearly the entire film mm-hmm. um, in just a very short little spurt. And uh, I had not seen this movie probably since it came out on DVD. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't, I remembered that there were gay aspects of this yeah. movie, but I could not remember if they were overt or if they were kind of more subdued. So I was like kind of waiting for that moment where there was like a gay moment, Yeah. Um, but it never really happens. There's like little uh, off the cuff sayings that they say to each other. Like, I think the two head butlers are, are both gay. Um, and the one guy really wanted to be assigned to for Ivor Novello yeah. uh-huh, to see him in his underwear. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Like, so there's things like that, but I, I could not remember for the life of me the, well, the, there there is also the Bob Balaban and Ryan Philippe scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, n- nothing happens. But nothing happens. But it's it's implied that like he'll do anything for the part. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that and that he's been sleeping with him. You know, this this isn't the first time that he's been asked to to stay in bed. Well, Ryan Philippe is basically just like a sex animal. Well, in this movie. <laughs> and also like Ryan Philippe is probably at like his peak cuteness here too. Mm-hmm. I think like this is just after 54. It's not that long after because yeah. this was 2001. When was 54? Was that like 99? Yeah. Right around there. there. Um, so a couple years after, I mean, he is, he is a little cutie. Like yeah. let's just face the facts. No, totally. Um, I want to, I want to do that. Um, I want to have fun with him. Yeah. He just needs a better um, dialect coach. Because that, that accent yeah. at the beginning is not great. I know, but I, th- I think it's kind of the point, though, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he he's not Scottish, and like he can't do it. Mm-hmm. But everyone, but like, how like, honestly though, like English people are really good at reading a bad English accent. Trust me, because I do it all the time. Yeah. Um. I mean, I do bad English accents all the time. Um. And so, like, how nobody else caught on right. that he wasn't Scottish was kind of funny. It's like a revelation. But it, I mean, I guess it also kind of speaks to like the English versus Scottish thing. Like, you know, sure. like it's, it's, it's interesting over there, but um, yeah, anyways. Yeah. yeah. I just, um, his character was just so strange because he just would sleep with anything. Yeah. Anyone and anything that would move. I mean, or rape anybody too, because that is or part try. of this as well. Yeah. Or try to <laughs> at least, um, which is a bit of a disturbing scene because oh, yeah. I, th- I think that illuminates really um, how often something like that probably happened. Um, in those houses, especially where women's voices weren't really, you know, and they weren't allowed to say anything or respected. And they, yeah, I mean, who are they going to say something to? You know what I mean? Even if they took it to like the head maid or whatever, right? And what and, is she going to do? And in 1932, like if you t- if you told somebody that, they would probably just blame it on you. Yeah. So, um, what a terrifying world that must have been for women, um, where they had no choice but to keep their jobs there, mm-hmm. and, and they probably had to keep so very much quiet and away from everybody else. Yeah, I w- it makes me wonder what the pay for that kind of a job would be because you literally mm. live in the house so you don't have living expenses yeah. you are eating there so you don't have those kind of expenses so it it alludes to that you probably don't you make near to nothing yeah would be because you're paying you're basically working for accommodations you know i, th- I think downton abbey illuminates that a little, a little bit better oh good um just because like you see characters, I, mean, I know it's not factual, of course, I, I'm completely aware, um, but like you see characters on that show saving money. You okay. see them like, you know, trying to get out, 
trying trying to do something different. Like like um, Anna and Bates try try to buy a cottage, and mm-hmm. like they try to like do a, like a bed and breakfast kind of thing. So like mm-hmm. you see people changing more, but that's also it's like it's just part of the of the time shift as well. Like you know, after the '30s, like suddenly upward mobility like became a thing for people that weren't in the nobility. Yeah. Um. So like you were able to save money. You were able to do things in a different way just because things were, were, were really changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people had to pay their house staff more because their house staff started to leave. You know, oh, people gotcha. wanted to get married. Yeah. People wanted to go do something different. They didn't want to follow in their parents' footsteps and also be in service and have a miserable fucking life. That's another part of the movie that they they play up to is that yeah. like how many of your parents were in service and like yeah. a majority of them raised their hand. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. And sweet little Clive Owen's character. He was in an orphanage. Yeah. And he came back to kill daddy. <laughs> um, which I think is a, another great part of the film, right? Like, I mean, the fucking dude dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is neat that everyone hates him. So no one really knows who did it. God, that, um, that one scene pissed me off so much. Where which she one? tries to give him the coffee and he's like, I didn't ask for coffee. And he just like kind of, he hits such the glass asshole. off of the off of her tray. He plays like, it so God. well too. But Helen Mirren is is a is a is a miracle in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays it perfectly the entire time, and with such an English stiff upper lip, she keeps it together. She's got that bitch face. Oh, until the <laughs> end when she breaks down uh-huh. with her sister. Yeah, and it's incredible. Um, and it's it's a it's a good story too about about orphanages and about how many illegitimate children were born during that era um, from rich men that were assholes. Yeah. Who took advantage. Five stars. Go mm-hmm. see it. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else about Gosford Park that you would like to illuminate for our listeners? Thank you for indulging me on letting me talk about more English stuff. Yeah, sure. Congratulations, no everybody. <laughs> God, God save the queen. Okay. So that brings us to our podcast corner. Maddie, have you picked out a podcast that we can illuminate for our listeners? Boy, have I ever. Uh, we are going to uh, let our listeners know about um, uh, some of our dear friends, mm-hmm. Movie Geek and Proud. Yeah. Remind me what their names are again. Rob and Sean. Rob and Sean. Um, they've got a great podcast. They have many episodes out there. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. These are some gay dudes that talk about movies. And so you should listen to it. And in fact, you should listen to episode number i can't remember but it's about charlie's angels mm-hmm. because andrew is on it and yes. i'm in the voiceover at the start yeah um so listen to it and we're gonna play their promo for you right about now hi i'm rob and i'm sean and we are movie, movie geek, geek and, and proud, proud. A movie podcast where two gay movie geeks review current and older movies of all genres, good and bad. We also pick titles and share our opinions on films that are either not well known or guilty pleasures. But we are proud of our taste and encourage all other movie geeks to do the same. And it's not just movie reviews on our show. We play games, trivia, movie drafts. We have guests come on and even the occasional skit. (laughs) You can listen to our show on your favorite podcast apps, including SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at MGNP Podcast. And remember, every movie has at least one fan. You're so cheesy. What? How's that cheesy? And every movie does not have at least one fan. Uh, I say it does, and you can't prove it doesn't. You can't prove it does. Yes, I can. That's why we're doing this show. It's like every time you <laughs> want to start with me, I don't understand. No, you yes, can't. You so can. I'm no, telling you, they ridiculous. always have to do. You always do this. 
Movie Geek and Proud, a new episode every Wednesday. Now, wasn't that fun? It was fun. I have a really good time with them. Whenever they put on a movie that um, I kind of remember or want to revisit, it's always fun listening to them. And they play little games and they have good Twitter uh, presence where they do movie drafts and questions of the week and their Twitter presence. And you can tell that they've they've really built up a good audience and that they want to indulge and they want to um, kind of talk with their fans. And I think that's really important because there's a lot of there's a lot of podcasts out there that just want to talk at you, not talk with you. Exactly. So I think that that they do a really good job of that. So do yourself a favor, wherever you listen to podcasts, look for Movie Geek and Proud on Twitter. They are MGNP podcast, M-G-N-P podcast on Twitter. Um, they're fantastic. Have fun with them. We hope you had fun with us on another edition of Fry Guy's Favorite Movies. And if you listened to our last episode, you'll know that this is our second to last episode of Fry it's Guy's Favorite to Movies. An end. We will have one more in June, and then this year journey of kind of getting to know your two hosts' movie tastes will be over. Um, I know that some of you will be very sad about that, but also it leads us to being able to bring out you more content from our horror in real life and horror in media segments so we have we have some with some really fun changes coming and we think you're all gonna love it yeah totally thank you so much maddie for bringing us gosford park you're welcome all right and that will be the end of this episode of friday's favorite movies uh coming at you soon will be a new all new episode followed by a lot more content so stay tuned everybody we're glad to have you and as always get get slayed. slayed